Support for Pivot comes from BetterHelp. How do you know when your social battery is running on empty? Maybe you get a little snippy with your friends or perhaps Scott Galloway. Or maybe you just fantasize about canceling plans, creating one excuse after. You're fantasizing about me? No, 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 never. You're fantasizing about me. Again? Again? Not once. Not once. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. Get off my ad right now. All right. Canceling plans, creating one excuse after another, why you have to stay in. I do that to Scott all the time. It's not easy to keep track of how much socializing is right for you. Therapy can help you build more awareness of what you need and when. BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy with licensed professionals. Scheduling is convenient and finding a therapist suited to your style is quick and easy. And we all know Scott Galloway needs therapy. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. You can visit betterhelp.com slash pivot today. Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pivot. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business. It's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners, too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. Scott is out this week, so the family affair continues with my co-hosts, Louis Swisher and Casey Newton, the editor of Platformer a newsletter about big tech and democracy. Obviously, Louis Swisher is my son, who is fantastic. Hello, boys. Hello, Kara. Hey, Happy How you doing? Thank you. You're, Casey's in California. Louis is downstairs at my uh, studio, my podcast studio here in Washington. Um, yeah, it's my, my second studio. So uh, there's so much to talk about, and we are going to talk about what happened in the Capitol. How are you two doing at the end of 2020 into 2021? Louise, tell me. <laughs> I mean, same day, different year. It's 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 been a pretty weird experience, and it feels like a lot more of the same, <laughs> especially with what uh, happened or transpired yesterday. So we're going to get into that. But how are you looking to, toward twenty twenty one? I mean, still with with hope. Um, it's still, I think, a pretty promising year, um, considering everything that's uh, happened over the past week. But um, we'll just have to wait and see. So how has the fall been and, and, and going, you went to college and you went to NYU and you completed a semester there. Uh, you also had a two-week quarantine and everything else. So how would you assess your first few months of college? Because there was a lot of controversy of people going back to school and you'll be going back to school in a couple of weeks. Yes, I will be. Um, it's definitely a not uh, not at all what um, like you guys have made it seem like. Uh, it's a very, very weird year to be in college, um, a very limiting year to be in college. Um, and you know, there's still like a lot of silver lining to it. Uh, my classes were still excellent. I still really enjoyed what I was learning about. Um, I find it, uh, I found it very intriguing and interesting. But um, a lot of like this, it, like the social life of college was almost like shot in the gut, and that that sucked. Um, but I think it was manageable. And I think as like you know, we move through this pandemic, uh, things will get better. And um, and you know, it'll return to normal. But it was definitely a weird experience I've gone through, and something I'm glad has passed me. Yeah, well, not yet, actually. Well, well, we're almost there. We're almost there. You know, we're almost there. So, Casey, how are you doing there in San Francisco? California pandemic has gotten worse. Uh, you're you're in place, is that right? 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I was gonna go down and see my family for Christmas, canceled my plans, spent the whole time uh, here in the cottage. And that was really bad and hard, but it felt like the responsible thing to do. Um, and uh, I, I had about, uh, I don't know, six hours worth of optimism when the Democrats uh, regained control of the Senate. Uh, and then a coup happened. Oh, that was six years ago that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels that way. Um, so, you know, it, yesterday, I, I I mean, I, I, I truly think it was a dark day in American history, and, and I still think darker days could be ahead uh, as long as Trump remains in office. So right now, my eye is just very much on uh, on what that man is going to do and whether he can, he can be dislodged from the presidency, preferably before January 20th. So that which is in 13 days, correct? Yeah. 13 days. Um, Louis, we're going to get to the president in a second, but uh, but Casey, when you're um, when you're feeling that way when you have this up and down thing what do you what do you do what are you doing to cope i mean i do throw a lot of it into my work right like the reason that i built the job that i have is because i like engaging with these issues and i cover the tech industry and i think there are things that the tech industry can do to to make life marginally better for the rest of us so you know i i put a lot of it into there um you know but but outside of that i mean the the tra one of the tra many tragedies of the pandemic is it has just taken away some of my old coping mechanisms you know i'm in an improv comedy troupe we've been meeting over zoom for nine months now let me tell you, if you hate improv in real life wait till you have it happening over Zoom. It is not any better. Okay. Um, is it funnier? So, no, it's much worse. There's so much lag. N none of the jokes land. It's miserable. And that was one of the main things that I would do to sort of decompress, you know, and of sure. course you can't travel. It's harder to see your friends. The The one nice thing is that, uh, you know, here at the house, we now have a roof deck with great furniture. And so I'll have a, a friend over and we'll sit up on the roof and we'll, you know, have a, a drink or a glass of wine. And, you know, that has sort of been getting me through, but it it's just really shocking how few things it, it feels like we really have that we're able to do safely just to maintain some sort of social connection to the world around us right now. Louis, how do you deal with that? Maybe I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's there's some ways I could get into, but um, or, or I won't. But um, yeah, definitely, I totally agree with what Casey just said. The usual means of like, you know, feeling better, like seeing good friends, spending time with loved ones is it's a, it's it's almost impossible to nowadays without some sort of risk or, you know, fear on the mind. So um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a year that's made us all stronger um, and more resilient. And, you know, I find myself like, you know, as everyone does struggling with uh, 2020 and its continuation, it's, it's, you know, most terrible sequel 2021. So <laughs> I, um, I think, you know, it's, 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 it's a really hard year, but I, I think there's, you know, there's still some, I found, I've spending a lot of time with the family has yeah, been a, a yeah. benefit. I really enjoy your guys' company. Oh, um, yeah, you're just saying that, Lou. <laughs> maybe Lou. I am, maybe I'm yeah, not. Yeah, maybe you're not. Who knows with you anymore? All right, we're going to move on to the big story because there is only one story right now. So, okay, big stories, obviously, is the insurrection on the U.S. Capitol uh, this week. I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, let's talk about the platform's response to the coup and Trump's reactions. Uh, Facebook removed Trump's video response to the mob, wherein he said the rioters were loved and special and he was cheated and he understood. And by the way, go home. That was the sort of the, what he was supposed to be doing, but he did very little of that, lied quite a bit in the video. Um, Twitter, uh, he, which he does all the time, by the way, he did it all day yesterday. He's done it for the past uh, months uh, since 
since the election. Twitter ultimately removed several of Trump's tweets and locked him out of his pub for 12 hours. He's probably could be back on very soon, possibly longer if he does not remove the tweets. Um, so let's start with Casey. Casey, yeah. you can reflect on this this in a second because we're going to also talk about the organization. Uh, 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 I also want to talk about the organization on platforms. But let's talk about the mm-hmm. actions of not just Twitter, but it's uh, YouTube and and um Facebook. So all three of them removed the video that Trump posted in which he less than half-heartedly tried to encourage his mob to leave the Capitol. Uh, Facebook put out a statement saying they thought that on balance, it was likelier to lead to more violence than not. Um, YouTube actually removed it first. Um, Twitter had labeled it and then eventually removed it. And then a few hours later, uh, they issued both Facebook and YouTube issued temporary suspensions. For Twitter, it was 12 hours after Trump deleted his tweets. And for Facebook, it was a full 24-hour ban. YouTube still has, has yet to act. Um, I uh, I don't think this is enough. I, I argued in my column yesterday that now is the time to, to, to finally deplatform Trump. But uh, these steps that they've taken, I think, have made it likelier than ever before than, uh, that they actually will. That they will do that. So yes. why this 12, explain the thinking inside these companies. Because they each did yeah. different things. They each did, yeah. and I, they're confusing, they've been confusing for months about the different things they do here. Just lay them out very quickly for Louis and I, and then I'd love, Louis, your response of, of what you, how you feel about the deplatforming. Go ahead. Yeah, so Casey. social networks are built to get posts up, right? Social networks work when they have as many people as possible on them and posting. And if you make a mistake, they want to get you back up and running as soon as you can so that you can get on there and you can post and share and engage and see ads and click on ads and buy things, right? That's how these things are built. And so when they're designing policies like this, they they don't come at it from the perspective of like, what are the ways that we can ban our users, right? It's always about what are the penalties that we can assess? And all of those penalties are, or oriented around getting users back on the platform. So you look at what Twitter did and you know that makes sense if you're talking about somebody who I don't know, you know, you, you actually, I could call Louie like a really mean name on Twitter and like my mm-hmm. account wouldn't be suspended, but you know, maybe I could like threaten him in some way. And you know, Twitter, instead of banning me forever, would say, all right, Casey, take 12 hours off, like get a cooler head and then you can come back to the platform. Uh, the problem is they're now trying to apply the same logic to uh, a would-be autocrat who's staging a coup mm-hmm. against his own government. Right. And, uh, and so that's where I just think a, a line needs to be drawn. Mm-hmm. All right, Louis, how do you feel about this? What do you, uh, and I, Casey, I do want to talk because you and I have argued. I've thought he should be deplatformed. Yes. You have been on the other yes. side of that for a lot. Yes. Louis, what do you think about this as as someone who watches this? Well, I, I, I've, I totally agree with Casey there. I think these uh, tech companies are way too forgiving and they're always trying to invite users onto their platforms. And they it seems, it seems they don't really have a, a, a way to keep these leaders uh, and the things they say, like, you know, hold them accountable for the things they say. So um, I think he totally should have been kicked off a while ago. I guess uh, I, I thought the presidency gave him some sort of protection on Twitter, but I, I guess it doesn't. And, you know, it's a private company. Uh, Jack should k- kick him off whenever he pleases, whenever he feels like it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it should have been months ago, but no time like the present. So. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, do you, are you offended by, you know, they, they, they argue, conservatives argue that they've been discriminated against to no proof that this has happened, but that they, they, yeah, to me, they violate it. That's BS. That's yeah. BS. I they violate it more. That's They've been giving happens. a platform more than anything. They've yeah. been overheard. So, so do them. you feel that, that, that the president should be given a, a special consideration or not? 
Well, like, you know, no, he still has his First Amendment rights to be, um, you know, to be to speak freely and to be, I guess, to be heard doesn't have to be listened to. But like you can't sh- uh, shout fire in a theater, you know, right. and he is he just called for a coup almost yeah. pretty much. But, you know, without without doing it necessarily, he called for a coup and an invasion of the Capitol. Yeah. So I think, you know, he needs to be held accountable for his words and what he incentivizes. How is that different from, I mean, I'm going to press you here, than, than Cable, I can't believe I'm on this side. I, I think he should be deplatformed completely. But um, the, the then not saying it on television or somewhere else or, or saying those things. Uh, because he's the president of the United States and people will listen to him. Because, because, because he doesn't get edited there. In. In, in, on TV, they can say that is not true. He shouldn't do that. They can, they can add things in. And on Twitter, they don't do that or Facebook. Yeah, he, he needs to be held accountable. Do you pay attention to him on Twitter at all? You know, I think the best way to deal with Trump going forward should be to ignore him. But apparently we we can't leave him like alone. So yeah, after the amounts of So Casey, you have shifted on this. You and I, I have thought he should be deplatformed for a while. And I got a lot of flack from the First Amendment crowd because I was like, this this is a private company. This is not a public square. They can do whatever they want, even though it's capricious. That's the problem I have with them. Um, How, what, what shifted your brain that, that, that there were people taking selfies in Nancy Pelosi's office or what? (laughs) Well, I, I've always agreed that they could do it if they wanted. I thought mm-hmm. that one, it would just not be very practically effective because you know what would happen is that Trump would decamp to some other platform or he would just post to the official White House website and somebody would write a bot. Actually, a lot of people would. They would instantly repost everything the, the president said there to Twitter. One of those accounts would grow up, you know, and, and be really large. Um, and, you know, you could say, well, the, you know, the platforms could ban those too. But I just think when you're talking about the president of the United States, and you have a person who often is talking about the official business that he's conducting on behalf of the people, you just want to have a balance that tilts toward letting that person continue to talk, even if you think, you know, as I do, that he is the worst person in the world. I think what changed is he now has no legitimate claim on power. He has no legitimate claim to that office. He it, it, uh, encouraged an attack on his own government yesterday. And if, if Twitter and Facebook want to continue to exist in a democracy, it is in their interest to remove someone who is using that platform as a weapon to to undermine the democracy that we all depend on. So I just think that yesterday uh, a Rubicon was crossed. Um, I understand the arguments to ban him earlier, and my mentions are full of people saying, oh, well, you know, now now you say it. Um, But frankly, I think that there is power in some cohort of us holding back, not calling for an immediate ban, and then when the bright line does finally get crossed, people like me and Ben Thompson come along and say enough is enough. And, you know, my hope is that it will have some influence inside of these uh, the walls of those platforms. So so what how does that manifest itself? What do you think that how would yeah. how, how does that occur? And do you think they'll do it? Do you have any insight uh, into the I leadership of these companies? Yeah. I do. Twitter put out a multi-thread statement that basically said Trump is on his last warning. Um, I'm working on some reporting. This time. This, it's like know. when Louis was a kid. If you yeah. do this one more time. Yeah, but I mean, look, like I, you know, uh, last time this came up or one of the last times was when Trump basically threatened nuclear war. You know, like I, I think it was against Iran. He's also said, you know, very scary things about North Korea. And I understand yeah, some people country? look at it as like, this is crazy. Like this man is using this platform to threaten nuclear war. 
were like, obviously get rid of him. You know, but at the same time, like this is an official communication from the president of the United States. Like we all hate that he's threatening nuclear war, but if he's going to do it, like, shouldn't we know? Shouldn't we like have that discussion? And I've sort of, I've leaned on that side. Um, but we're just in a different ball game now. Joe Biden has been certified as the president elect of the United States. Trump is a lame duck. He is soon to be a private citizen. And so he should just no longer be afforded the protections that were given to the president of the United States. And, and I think that that's actually a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and Louis, when you think about where he can go, where he could go, how should, there's a, there's a site, I just did a, an interview this morning with uh, John Mates of, of Parlay, Parler, Parler, it used to be called Parlay. And the, the things that are considered tweets on Parler are called Parlays, um, which is confusing. Uh, He's he's probably going to go over there to other sites. Should he? Should there be a fully free speech platform? I mean, doesn't like eight chan exist? Yeah, four chan. Yeah. Um, Like I think that well, there's already are places for that. So um, I think yes, I think people have the right to you know say what they want, but I don't think they have the right to be free of the consequences of what they say. Um, there's always con there should like you know, even if you threaten someone, there should be consequences. Uh if you speak ill of someone, you may have to speak to that person or something. But I think Trump is there's always gonna be a slot on Fox News for Donald Trump. So I think he'll find places to go, whether it's not whether it's Fox, OAN, uh Breitbart, other platforms who will hear what he has to say. Um yeah. regardless of, you know, if he's banned from Twitter. But I think uh being on mainstream platforms and holding a mainstream you know, uh, standing on a box in the public square and, you know, like a, like a respected box, you know, right. uh, it gives him a, an elevated voice that I think he no longer deserves. Yeah, uh, as perfect. Being the, the mainstream. Someone. I think you're right about the mainstream thing. All right, let's get to the idea of, uh, do you think he's going over parlor, uh, Casey? He's got to go back to well, the fringes. I yeah, do. Fringes. And you fringes. know why? Because we got, we got some breaking news. This is happening yeah. as we're recording. All right. Mark Zuckerberg okay. just posted and said that they are going to restrict Trump's access to his account indefinitely and at least through the next two weeks. Um, oh, wow. So he is not going to have man? access to Facebook. Um, oh, wow. So that's, oh, that's the scary. right thing to do. And um, as a result, I would expect the president to find another home. You know, so often what will happen is that one platform will make a move like this and the rest of them look sort of look around and say, you know what, like if we're ever going to do it, it's now. And they all kind of jump mm-hmm. together. I like I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, by the end of today, uh, Twitter yeah. you know, makes a similar move. Yeah, that's I'm guessing they should, which is what I called for just recently. So talk a little bit about the 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 the, the posting on social media of this stuff. Louie, you were watching a lot of these things um, uh, yesterday, these pictures of them doing selfies and stuff like that. One of the things that occurred to me was that they put their pictures out there. They're actually actively uh, putting out their pictures. And so well, it's easy for the FBI to track them. Yeah, well, they think they're patriots saving the United States of America from an election that was stolen. They literally believe the narrative that they're trying to uphold and the narrative that they're fighting for. So I think if you were trying to save America, you would post a selfie, too. But, um, you know, they're just they're just incriminating themselves. Uh, They're proving that they were there. I mean, it's like I said, like I said, when we were talking before this podcast, if there's any time to wear a mask, it's when you're storming the Capitol. So. But they can't spread COVID, Louie. I I I mean, mean, more for anonymity, but like more for anonymity. But like, I mean, it's just I think they're just totally incriminating themselves. And I think they're proud of their actions. Um, And I think that that totally debunks some of these Antifa theories about who, you know, who really raided the Capitol, which are ridiculous. But I think, you know, yeah, it's it's if they I think they're, they're very proud of their actions, it seems, and they should be held responsible for their actions. 
All right, Casey, what about you? What do you think about this? How they're using social media, all the all the the MAGA people are using it. Because they use it actively. They're on parlor, they're on they're on all kinds of they're all on Instagram. They're Instagramming yeah. this stuff. What it felt like I was like literally it's a reality show. It was Duck Dynasty. It was the guy with the the Viking hat or wherever the hell that guy is. He's a very scary right wing oh, fella. I think he's the QAnon shaman or something like Q-Nan, that. The QAnon guy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I accept as part of living in a democracy, I mean, to be surrounded by uh, hundreds of millions of people who disagree with me about all sorts of things, right? And, and wear weird actually, clothes. We do live in the Castro. Yeah. You and I have lived in the Castro. <laughs> hey, sometimes in the Castro, they don't wear clothes at all. Um, but, you know, so so I don't tend to think of this in terms of like, oh, like, you know, MAGA is using social media. That's a problem. What, what, what I see the problem is, is mm-hmm. realities are splintering. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you look around the last couple of weeks, you have this uh, pharmacist in Wisconsin who decides that vaccines are hurting people. So he yeah. sabotages 500 doses. You have in the United Kingdom, people are hanging up the Magna Carta in the windows because they think it allows them to reopen their shops because they saw it in a viral Facebook post. Yeah. Um, you saw the Nashville bomber. Uh, who is, yeah. you know, under investigation for maybe believing that uh, a lot of Democrats are, are like extraterrestrials and lizard people. And it's just become clear to me that this is not a problem that you can solve by removing individual pieces of information, which is what the mm-hmm. platforms have tried to do up until now. You actually need to promote high quality news. You need to create a shared sense of reality. And, you know, I could talk about ways that I think the platforms can do it, but ultimately, like that, I think is the issue that we need to address address, you know, more than like, well, you know, some Republicans are doing stupid posts. So, um, so Louis, when you think about this, about using social media, you're, you're sort of a medium user. How, tell me how you use it right now, how you think about that. Like, I, 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 I'm glad you didn't go to Congress and take a selfie. Uh, and, and I didn't, I'm glad you didn't steal the podium and then do yeah, thumbs well, up. I- that picture, I was like, your entire face stealing. And thumbs up, like hey, and an adult. It was an, also an adult who did it. But go ahead. What? What? Yeah, how do you I look wouldn't. At that? I wouldn't really want to hang around that crowd. But um, I think that you know, I, I I use social media pretty. You know, as much it's gone up. Definitely, my usage has definitely gone up during um the pandemic and the you know the restricted lifestyle uh, that you know create that it creates. But um, I, I've been trying to move away from more of like the social media apps um and more towards like you know, the social aspect of aspect of it and more towards like the, uh, I don't know, like the news aspect of it. I, I'm trying sure. to like, I don't really know how I'm trying to convey it, but like you I use, look at Twitter for news things. more you've, rather you've than evolved. like memes. Yeah, but you've <laughs> yeah, evolved. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Talk about your evolving because you use Snapchat still, correct? Yeah, I do. I do. It's still a pretty good way of talking to people. Um, I think from now on, I'll be asking for numbers, not Snapchats. But um, (laughs) Forget the Snapchatting business. So when you do that, when you think about like Instagram, when you think about uh, TikTok, you don't do TikTok at all. Is that correct? Yeah, I I had TikTok, but then I got rid of it. I I wasn't really feeling it. You said Um, you just, you got rid of it. Why? I just wasn't really feeling it. I, I didn't really enjoy the. I mean, I I used it a lot. I, they definitely got my attention for a while, but um, you were talking I, about the just, dancing. You didn't like all the. Dancing. Yeah, I, I just found I just found myself just like laying in bed, just scrolling on TikToks for hours and hours and hours, and I was like, wow, I, I need to I delete this app. 
But yeah. now I do it with YouTube, so it's a little better. Yeah, yeah you've used so. YouTube, consistently used YouTube. I love um, YouTube. So, Casey, what is going to happen with this idea of these companies also posting illegal pictures? Like, these guys are stealing. fun. It's all fun and games until you steal Nancy Pelosi's podium. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's been this really interesting debate about that over the past mm-hmm. couple of years because mm-hmm. people will use social media to post, uh, like, war crimes, for example, um, or they'll post, like, stolen antiquities. And, and the platforms will come along and say, well, this is a crime and you're not allowed to post evidence of crime on our networks and so then they'll delete it and then the activist come along and says you're deleting evidence of war crimes mm-hmm. and like you're, you're deleting part of the historical mm-hmm. record and so there's this debate about what platforms should do in this case and I think you know the answer is that instead of deleting the content it, it probably doesn't need to be removed they from were the doing that in a lot of cases of, they were doing that with a lot of the people invading the Capitol. they were taking down their videos yeah, but there's keeping that. up so, the journalists ones of the yes. same thing from the other side which, which was interesting uh, there's a great um, organization called Bellingcat, which has a lot of um, sort of like investigations into wrongdoing uh, mm-hmm. y- using social media as part of their investigations. And yesterday they put out a call and they said, if you see any video anywhere from the Capitol, please save them and and submit them to us because we want to build a historical record of everything that's going on. I'm sure mm-hmm. some of it will be shared with law enforcement. But so you're now seeing these like community projects. So the that revolution are to will this. be televised. The revolution <laughs> and, and archived revolution. And, and live streamed and, and all of it. By the way, MAGA people, it's not a revolution. It's just gross is what it is. Um, and then lastly, mm-hmm. when you think about th- this idea of, of it, it, keeping every every bit of things in a record, um, Louis, how do you feel about that? Because like, your whole life, you know, you, you and I have had long discussions. I'm a bit of, too much of a Sharon. Your brother never lets me uh, put anything up, and he's very— Yeah, he's, 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 he's on lockdown. You're not going to get his image. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's like, it's easier to find images of the Sacklers than it is to find <laughs> images of Alex Swisher. You know, like, one time—I remember very vividly, one time we were in Chicago, and we were at an Apple event, and some Apple reporter or photographer snagged, uh, snagged a picture of him. Yeah. He was up on the website, like, coincidentally. And yeah. he had it shut down within minutes. Yeah, he, did. he did. He He's was like, like God damn it, that's my he image. He made me call, he made me call he freaked like out. Tim Cook and take it yeah, down. You, like I said, easier to find images of Richard Sackler than uh, Alex Swisher. So. All right. Uh, Casey and Louie, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about another big news story of the week, the Senate flipping blue and what it means for the future of internet regulations. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens. 
with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Okay, we're back. Georgia voted uh, in Senators uh, Raphael Warnick and John Ossoff to be in the Senate, both Democrats. That means the House, the Senate, and the White House will all be blue. Uh, what will it mean for the future of the FCC and the future of the internet? Now, I know, Louis, you're not an expert, but you have thoughts on tech regulation. Now, you know, I talk about it consistently and constantly. I know it's riveting to you. Um, but I'm going to start with Casey on this one. Casey, what do you? What happens to all these things? Net neutrality, the, yeah. the attacks on TikTok, Amazon of the post office, Section 230, it's like everything. What's already things that uh, Bill Barr had started in the Justice Department against Google and, and then the FTC against Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I think the number one thing is you will just see these questions begin to be answered in a calmer, slower democratic process and not be decided by the whims of a madman, right? And that's like, we sort of just take for granted that um, that that's like our, our way of life now, but it's not <laughs> going to be next month and I can't wait. Um, but it is going to have some practical consequences. I think one of the big ones is um, there was a, a, an assumption that the Republicans would maintain control of the Senate. Yeah. And so... Biden would have to compromise on his FCC appointees in particular and would not be allowed to appoint anyone who believed in net neutrality. That's not true anymore. So right. Biden has a real opportunity to get in there and um, appoint people who believe in net neutrality. And so uh, th this could have actually saved net neutrality for the rest of us. Save net neutrality. All right. What else? What else? What are they going to do? Because I think Biden doesn't know a whole lot. You know, every time he talks about two thirty, I get a little bit like, no. He doesn't. No. It's really. It's like one of the things about him that I find the most disappointing is he just doesn't have a sophisticated uh, understanding of or that any. law at all. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are some laws he has a good understanding. Hey, wait, of, but wait. Yeah. Does your grandpa like? Come on. Does your grandpa understand <laughs> how to work? He's dead for your information, Louis. Um, <laughs> oh wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Wow. Oh. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Um, no, it's okay. Um, but um, yeah, he he doesn't have a good understanding of that. Um, and but okay, okay, but but at the same time, he has said like ban it and repeal it. So yeah. and and he doesn't like use that kind of talk lightly or about a lot of things. And so I, yeah. I am inclined to believe he's at least somewhat serious. So it well, does seem Nancy like two thirty reforms talked coming. about it. I think she has is more up yeah. to speed. And some others have different thoughts. There are a lot of very let let me disabuse. There's a lot of very intelligent politicians on these issues. Yeah. By the way, on both sides of the aisle, incredibly, there's a lot of really smart people uh, who do understand this and they regulate everything else. So there's no reason why they can't regulate this. So if you had to stack rank what is going to be looked at, obviously the continuing investigation, Justice Department investigations, the FTC investigations into Facebook, Google, where, where what do you see the big part? Is it going to be antitrust? Is it going to be a privacy law? Is it going to be Section 230? Is Josh, I think Josh Hawley is finished in many ways. Uh, and oh, he certainly so. can't be the leader on this 230 thing, which he was relatively uh, pushing it really hard. But go, where do you, what do you think? Pick one. I think antitrust, uh, because both Republicans and Democrats share the belief that these companies are too big and they want to see them broken up. Um, right. You know, um, I actually think we will see more antitrust. Uh, there is a lot of momentum behind an Amazon antitrust suit, and there's a lot of good reason to pursue an Apple antitrust suit. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of, of the year, uh, both of those were, were facing antitrust uh, 
legislation or you know uh, regulations of their own. And you think Merrick Garland uh, is would is will back these? It'll take the backing of those. If I know Merrick anti- Garland, Kara, <laughs> which I don't, I do, I do. I sat really? next to him at dinner. What's he really like? What's he really He's like? Lovely. He's oh, lovely. I just had I literally. I, this is a dinner party in Washington that I went to, which I'm going to drop some names here. But Please. on one side was Merrick Garland, and the other side was uh, Elena Kagan. Oh my uh, gosh. It was like Supreme Court justice and the one who didn't get it. And it was so, so of course, what did I do? That sucked, huh? That's what I said to Mary Carlin. <laughs> you know, and, and I bet he loved it. Oh, he, he was did, like, get of. a load of this firecracker well, over here. Well, he was here. super sweet. He's very nice. He's really calm. Yeah. But his wife was like, yeah, that sucked. Like, you know what I mean? It was interesting. It was an interesting <laughs> thing. But um, in any case, that's DC. So, Louis, when you think about regulating, you're not an expert in this, obviously. But but when you think oh, about thanks. big tech, thanks. are they? Well, you're not. You're not. <laughs> what do you think about the power of big tech and power of big companies? Are you worried that, you know, I think I've drilled it into you that we shouldn't have nests in our house, this and that. Like the idea. Yeah, we do. Wait, yeah, we, we have totally a thermo- have a we have a house. thermostat, but it's all the things are turned off, so it can't really spy yeah, on us well, too much. Um, and again, your yeah. brother went around and unplugged all the cameras uh, and everything else that happened to be in the house. Um, but how do you feel about the power of big tech? As, yeah, I think as a big tech person? is way too much uh, power. And I think with this change in political control, uh, characters like Elizabeth Warren are going to have a field day on the tech industry, which I'm really excited to see happen. I think it, they've uh, long gone to unregulated. Um, they're just like the big oil companies of the of the last uh, of the past centuries. And I think that they're, you know, they, it's time that they got regulated. It's time that uh, the employees became uh, more respected in the companies rather than like the shareholders. Um, and like that, the, you know, it, it, I just think it's time for change. And I think this is the time for it. Now um, you use, uh, you use Amazon a lot. That's the one you interface No, I actually, with. I don't really like Amazon. I actually like going to the store. Oh, um, I wow. I think that's pretty exciting. Yeah. I think Amazon's great. Amazon has a, I've definitely used Amazon a lot in the past. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but do you think about it? Because a lot of people feel like a lot of younger people do make choices on what they buy it and where they buy it. Yeah. I mean, if I, I, I always prefer to go to like a brick and mortar establishment. I find it more exciting than just mm-hmm. sitting behind my computer and clicking away. Uh-huh. And also I find I buy less than like if I'm just sitting behind the computer. All right. But um, I, I think I, 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 I'm always aware of what I'm doing. I think a lot of younger people are too, but I also think a lot of people are very unaware of the implications of their like, you know, decisions on the internet and which companies they interact with. Yeah. Do you, would you be able to stack rank them yourself? Which ones do you think are better or worse? If you had a, like, I'll give you five. Apple, Netflix, uh, Google, Google slash Alphabet, Facebook, and Twitter. Wait, well, better is very subjective. What do you mean by well, that? Well, which one do you feel it, it has your interests at heart? As, as you know, when you think of the brands that you that you like. Probably Apple. I feel like I trust Apple the most out of all those uh, companies to have the um, my interests at heart. I think I just got a new phone and their, yes, their terms did. of service. I actually looked through the terms of service for the first time. Oh wow! And it was it was it was a little. I didn't read the whole thing, of course, but you know, <laughs> I found it a little more. I felt a little more comforted by Apple than any of these other companies. Some of them scare me. Like Amazon definitely scares me. Uh huh. And what about so. a Netflix? When it knows what you watch, you watch a lot of Netflix. Yeah, I like. I'm more of an HBO Max kind of guy, but I, I wow. like. I, I I do like Netflix. I've watched a lot of great shows. Um, I'm you know like they've taken off some ones that I like, which I'm upset about. But uh, let me I ask that. This is off content. off topic, but you're an HBO Max kind of guy. Why is that compared to all these streaming services? How do you look at it? Because you use them all. You use all of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's just like, do you watch anything in a linear way? No, you don't. You just watch everything on demand, correct? 
What is the linear way? Lin- what, is oh, what is the linear way? Like it comes on like and on you the watch cable it. box. On the cable. Oh box. yeah, I, I used to when I was younger, but now we have all these cool technologies, so I don't have to. Yeah. Like, so what I, do you what, you use YouTube? I yeah, I use YouTube way too much. I love YouTube. Um, it's good for my short attention span, and it has a lot of a lot of interesting content. I try to watch more um, informative content than you know stupid content, but I I find I enjoy both. Can I ask you a question? When when this idea I wrote recently about Warner Brothers putting all the movies on, and Casey has written about this too, Warner Brothers putting all the movies on streaming services um, so that you watch them at home. I watched Wonder Woman 84, for example, but they put all 17 movies on their, 17 of their movies on the slate uh, on, on their new uh, HBO service, Max. Do you care about movie theaters? Or do you, do you, do you, do you would you rather just watch them when you want to? Well, I, I, I was that for Casey? No, for but... you. And then Casey. Oh. Um, well, I've, I've been a longstanding believer in watching movies at home over the movie theaters since I was little. Like I can pause it when I want, I can bring the food that I want. You know, I think it's, you could, you could turn your home into a movie theater, which is pretty exciting, but there is always this, like, you know, there's a joy of going to the movie theater that can't really be replaced. Um, so I think those will definitely still stick around, but I much prefer watching movies at home than the, than the theater. What about you, but, Casey Newton? Yeah, Using I mean, up my, my internet there in San Francisco. <laughs> um, my hope is that this is the crisis that leads movie theaters to reinvent themselves, you know, and we, we already have some great movie theaters here in San Francisco. I love our Alamo Draft House. Sure. Um, That's you know, it. And, and, and pretty much. Oh no, the one Embarcadero's okay. The Kabuki is nice too, right? You can, you can, you can order a drink, right? The food is maybe one cut above what you would find like at an AMC. Um, you know, when, you know, there, Louis, when Louis was a kid, I went, we got movie tickets and they wouldn't let us in because that they, we had to go through the bar to get there once. We had to walk through the bar. <laughs> that? Oh, wow. That was a great yeah. crisis I'm of surprised. the Swisher family. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like I think, I think, you know, the, I remember, you know, before the pandemic, Alamo was starting to experiment with like a, a monthly pass. And I think it was, you know, 30 bucks a month and you could see like two or three movies, right? Like, you know, movie pass sort of came and went, but I think got a lot of people excited about the idea of what a, a smarter movie theater could do. So I still think there's a lot of opportunity there because at the end of the day, like people need to go on dates. People need to do things with their kids, right? Like mm-hmm. people love to leave the house and I think they will be happy to do so again, but the movie theaters are going to, need to meet them halfway. And, you know, to your Wonder Woman point, I watched mm-hmm. that that uh, that movie on Christmas. Uh, terrible, by the way, really sad. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it it's a movie that after I read the reviews, I wouldn't have gone to see it in the theater, yeah. but I was happy to pay HBO 15 bucks to have something to do on Christmas. So yeah. I think there's a way where like everyone can win here. All right. What mm-hmm. are you watching? What's I, your big show? Yours is The Wired. Louis is sort of retro. What is yours, Casey? I, um, I've good. spent quarantine. I've watched 30 seasons of Survivor. Oh, my God. There is something in this time watching, like, <laughs> it's such a hard time. The way I feel better about myself. I'm going to regulate I watch- Casey. That's what needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, we got That's too much Survivor, Casey. I, it, it, it definitely is. Um, Lou, I also uh, just got Masterclass. So I, now I'm watching Gordon Ramsay is teaching me. Oh, how to cook. I've seen the ads for that. <laughs> yeah. It seems the ads got me. That, yeah. that show that looks great. Yeah. It looks great. It's fun. Oh I like it. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, Louis is a big I, I do have a hot take, though, on this. Oh, okay. I, do have a hot take. I think I think 2020 and the pandemic take? and everything. Can you go? Hot, hot take. <laughs> <laughs> like, it will be the the rebirth of the drive-in movie, I think. I think that mm. is going to be reinvented. I went to some uh, this summer. It was it was really great. It was, I think, that's going to be a big comeback. Um, and think, is that I, just because teens love making out at, in drive-in movies? I mean, that's one, that's one reason, yeah. but I think they're, they're really nice. They're yeah. really charming, especially in the, you know, when everyone's there, everyone's distance, but everyone's safe and everyone's having a good time. And it's almost like a, 
semblance of normalcy, which I think is really, really like something that everyone's searching for. Yeah, that's a flash in the pan. People will go right back to not going to play. Hey, if there's a driving movie, I'd love to go. All right. Okay, we'll get you one. And then, so I I was going to ask you, what is your prediction, Louis? Is that your prediction that we drive in movies? That's not a prediction. I I want Casey (laughs) and Louis, both of you. But first of all, what is the show you want? You watch The Wired is the next one you're going to watch, right? That's my next adventure, yeah. Your next adventure. Okay. On that note, all right, Casey and Louis, one more quick break and we'll be back for predictions. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, Casey and Louie, usually Scott is the prediction machine, but tell me one thing you expect to see in the days, weeks, or months ahead. Casey, you go first. All right. My because hot age take before is beauty. That... No, beauty before. <laughs> beauty and age last. Okay. I'm, I'm an honorary member of Gen Z. Um, okay. I, my hot prediction is that Sheryl Sandberg will not be at Facebook by the end of the year. Um, I think... Uh, assuming that Trump is dislodged from the presidency, Democrats retake control of everything, start to pass some pro-democracy legislation, she will not have a better opportunity in the next four years uh, than she has this year, maybe next year, to kind of gracefully step away. She'll be able to say, look, I we, we had a lot of problems. I fixed as many of them as I could. This is a natural stepping away point for me. So I say Cheryl's days are now uh, numbered. Oh wow! And and what is the real behind the scenes situation, Casey knew? You know, I mean, I don't, I haven't heard um, a, a lot of whispering. But the question I'm always asking people at Facebook is like, what does Cheryl like about her job? Like, she has nothing left to prove. She is has she nothing but hard problems is ahead of her. She still as influential. Yeah, or is it, I, yeah. I, I think I think that she's uh, extremely influential. Um, I, okay. I think you know, Mark Mark takes her counsel very seriously. Yeah. Um, but she's been doing that job a long time, and no yeah, part see, of I that job has into been a job for years. One. I think Mark takes his own yeah. counsel. I think he doesn't. Yeah. I think he was relying on her a lot more, and and uh, and less so. And that's the problem. One of the problems. No, well, hmm. you know, people have a lot of criticism of her too. Uh, but that's a very good prediction. When? When? Hmm. When? When? Uh, I'm just gonna, I would say like by the end of the year is sort of what it feels like to me. Um, I think okay. it'll depend. I mean, first of all, the Democrats have to actually assume power. Like they've won. Well, she's but not as we've seen over the past she's few now days, not getting right? a job in this administration. I, I don't think she wants one. Like I think she'll do well, something that's like sort of either in the nonprofit realm or the venture realm, at least for a yeah. little bit. Like maybe she'll come to back to politics later. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. she's an incredibly talented business leader. Like she yes. she can do a, a million different things. So you um, think she can she can revive 
the career because she's really been tarnished. I know in in DC yeah. they're they're like no way, I, you know, and it, she well, would have been yeah. she would have been number one on the list of commerce, labor. Right. This and that, uh, the head of I think that's what, that, there has to be even. like an intermediate step, which, uh, you know, might, might make a, a nonprofit thing more likely. But I could also mm-hmm. just see her like doing something like that, you know, for the next, yeah. you know, long stretch of her career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's still young. She's still very young. Yeah. We'll see if she takes very, over another so. uh, uh, thing. But I think a lot of people definitely have a lot of criticism of her. And a lot of it is aimed at her over Mark, which, as you know, I have argued that Mark deserves much of the credit and the detraction. Um, Louis, prediction. I think my prediction for 2021 or yeah. maybe the, you know, the coming months, coming year is that it's going to be a year of progress. It may not be. I think now that the Senate has flipped blue, it's going to be a bit more progress than it would have been. But I think it will be incremental and steady progress towards a greater America based off, um, you know, the fact that there's, you know, a return to a sense of normalcy, a step away from the chaotic uh, or, not the, or the chaos of the Trump era and the Trump administration. Um, I think, you know, call me young and naive, but yes, I, I'm going to. I think we have, okay, but I think we have uh, politicians who will actually now listen to us. Um, and if there's going to be real change, I think it's going to happen now. You sound like I a politician. I think the first thing they should do is fix the election or else nothing's going to happen. Would you want to run for but, office? And Maybe, I don't know. I, I, there's a lot of things I want to do in my life, but I, I we will see. We will see. I have a, hopefully a lot of life ahead of me. Yeah, so, do you know what... Uh, you used to say when you were in restaurants, you don't remember when you were a kid. <laughs> I'm going to now embarrass no. you. Louis used to go up to people. He was very friendly to people. And he used to go up to people and go, hi, Louis Swisher. Uh, I'd like your vote for presidency, please. <laughs> and walk away. <laughs> he would wow. say. Yeah. And if yeah. Louis had been elected president, we'd be in a much better place right exactly, now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I got more votes than Kerry. What? Yeah, so. exactly. All right. That's a very hopeful prediction, Louis Swisher. That's very lovely. You always manage to surprise me. Um, I, also, I'm glad Louis went after me if, if Louis. If I had to follow that up with yeah, my, you'd be with like, my <laughs> lame prediction about corporate politics. That was politics. the James Stewart moment. <laughs> like, should be in the well of Congress making that, that thing. Did both, either of you watch last night? I watched until four in the morning. <sighs> I, I did it. I, I I'm did. so upset and disturbed by all of it. And I had been reading tweets like continuously for 18 hours and I finally yeah. just had to set it aside. Yeah, I would watch some of it if you were with I thought Tammy Duckworth was good. Mitt Romney mm. was quite good. Um, mm. Oh uh, yeah, I did Ted, watch. I did watch part of it. Yeah, I, Ted Cruz was an irritating. That Iowa boy, that skinny Iowa boy, Holly or something. Yeah, like, he needs to he, he needs to stop. Missouri. He needs to stop. <laughs> he's awful. Or Missouri. Missouri, yeah. sorry. Yeah. But he's he needs to stop. We all guy. agree. We all are in agreement Ugh. about that. And and then Ted Cruz, as usual, is as despicable as usual. Um, and yeah. rounding out the, the the ship of fools that is hopefully sailing. He needs to shave that beard. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't like okay, it. Okay, we'll like talk to him about it. All right. Thank you so much. That's the show, both of you. Casey, where can listeners find your newsletter? Uh, they can find it at platformer.news or on Twitter at platformer. And Louie, they can find you at NYU doing your homework, right? Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. we're going to go We're gonna go up again. I'm excited uh, for uh, our little, we're going to take a little driving trip uh, and, and talk to nobody along the entire way. Scott will be back next week from wherever he is. I have no idea. We'll be back. Prison? To, <laughs> short prison stint. We'll be back. No, he went to school. He went to school. He went to school. <laughs> we'll be back to playing listener questions. So send us questions via yapa at nymag.com slash pivot. Thank you for joining me, Louie and Casey. You're always my favorite. You really are. Shh, don't tell Scott. You're my Thank favorite. You for having me. Oh, we're oh. all our favorites. Anyway, I'm going to read us out. Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Ernie 
Tiffany Indradot engineered this episode. Thanks also to Hannah Rosen. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked our show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back next week for a breakdown of all things tech and business. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.